Fields Bowie versus Tillian. Is this year when I'm glowy? Am I killing? I hope it's not a blowy or a villain. Welcome to a hot new rendition of Bowie versus Dylan. Woo. I'm Charlie and I like Bowie. I'm Jake and I love Dylan. Hey, we're back for the yeah. first time in, I don't know, six months or so? Yeah. We did the 2021 episode? Only six months. That's Coming all. Coming at you with top 10 and bottom three archival releases. And honorable and mentions include- and dishonorable mentions. We can clearly define what any of this actually means, so I'm feeling that we're going to disagree about what the actual parameters of this are during the show, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, I want to... Before we get into this, Jake, I have got a real treat for you this show. Yeah. real treat. Oh, I'm ready for treats. I love treats. for all the listeners at home, we have a lot of cousins, and uh, one of them, her name is Anna, she's Mm -hmm. great. Yeah, great one. I'd say... She phoned me the other night, she she texted me the other night, it was like, hey, phone me tonight, gotta call me. I'm like, okay... Whoa. I think she made it. I think she made it clear that it wasn't anything to worry about. But it was okay, really well, important good. that I call her <laughs> It's an emergency. She and she shared with me a delightful story. So delightful that I said, Hey, can you uh, record that for me and we'll play it on the show because we're gonna record it in two days. She's yeah. like, Oh, he's gonna call Jake. I'm like, Don't call Jake, record it. I wanna play him the story while we're on the show recording a show. So but wait so a minute. Got... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Couple things. Couple things. First, you you deprived me of a phone call with my cousin yeah, Anna. I did. Yep. And uh, right now, right. Be- before you play this audio thing, I want you to rank all of our cousins in order. <laughs> Go for it. Anna, number one. All tied. All of them. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Good answer. Good answer. Actually, Anna's first. Everyone else is tied for second. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Only because she talks to us about Bowie versus Dylan. Because <laughs> she actually knows something about Bowie versus Dylan. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for this, Jake? I'm ready. Hit me. Story. I, think you're really, this is, I feel like this is a radio show with a call-in. Yeah. This is our call-in right here. Yeah, okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Do this thing. Do it. Hey there, Jake and Charlie. So I was asked to share this story with you um, to listen to today. So for a little context, um, oh, this is your cousin Anna, by the way. <laughs> um, so for a little context, uh, part-time on the weekends, I work at a restaurant um, in a suburb of Milwaukee. Um, been there for a number of years. Nice people, lots of, you know, uh, country music going on there. But um, it is Summerfest here in Milwaukee, so I was sitting with some regulars at the restaurant at the end of my shift um, who come in on Saturdays just to hang out, watch sports, do some day drinking. And they were talking about their favorite concerts that they went to. And one of the ladies in the group said, um, do you guys know who was the worst concert I ever went to? Like, real animated about it. And nobody really said anything. And she's like, I'm going to tell you who the worst concert I ever went to was. It was. And then there's a real long pause, I think, for dramatic effect. But also to get another drink. Um, and then she says, it was Bob. Dylan. No! But he said Bob Dylan is so great. But I went to this Bob Dylan concert, huge stage, tons of people, and all he does is come out on stage with a little stool. I don't know why he needed a stool. It's not like what came next was that great that you needed somewhere to sit down. But he 
my gosh. So I'm kind of talking to myself, and, you know, I said out loud, you know. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, second half, my huh? Phone, my phone went to sleep. No, my phone went to sleep. Perfectly. I can't believe there's I more. Of, to that, but I didn't. I can't believe I there's more of this sleep. story because that is that is delightful on its face. <laughs> okay, there's more. Okay, there's more. Better. I'm oh. ready. <laughs> sorry, everybody. Oh, come so on, sorry. Charlie. You think you, you think we weren't a professional <laughs> outfit here? Okay, I don't know. at you here live again after that delightful story from <laughs> number one definitely number one now i mean i thought maybe anna was in the top three before but now mm -hmm. definitely not the whole thing i mean what a what a scene what a setting you know her yeah her like uh well first of all anna you're probably listening at some point in the future maybe if not right now um i just want you to know like don't don't re-engage that woman with anything related to Bob Dylan or probably David Bowie. She is. She's, I'm, I'm curious what she thinks about David Bowie. I, I do, guess I do kind of want to know what she thinks about David Bowie. Yeah, I, I get, don't want you to put yourself in harm's way. So no, I mean like a she seems. Question to ask, then maybe don't ask her about that. She about seems. David Bowie. She seems pissed off. About the, about <laughs> <laughs> or maybe ask her when she's sober and see what happens then. So I, I, I like I like that story because you know it was just Bob giving a concert like a solo concert. I thought that <laughs> she was. I thought maybe this woman was old enough to remember when Bob would shamble on stage really drunk and like forget all the words like when he was a <laughs> severe alcoholic and so I was wondering like oh is this going to be kind of a sad story but it's just a story about how a woman went to a concert and hated it for being a concert <laughs> it's, a, it's a tale as old as time Jake. <laughs> it really is <laughs> well 
I hope there's more cocktails in their future, and maybe they'll get into a, an argument, and you know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe Anna will try to step over the line again and yell Judas again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Okay, Jake, I think we need to get into this. Here. Fantastic. So we're going to start things off with our bottom three archival releases. And actually, first we're going to throw out some dishonorable mentions. Now, yeah. Jake, yeah. usually we try to do like some kind of way in which we know that the other person's done. And in the past, we've done like, we scratched it like, wick, wick, wick. like yeah. you remember that? Yeah, we, yeah that was like four. We did that once. That felt like 14 I years ago. I was wondering about making it sound like the record ran out. So you're like, what or maybe, uh, or maybe, well, we, we could do that, or we could do the uh, the last side of Sergeant Pepper's, where it's like never to see any other one, never to see any other one. <laughs> oh, an endless loop tile thing. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, so either, the, the, I'm saying either we do the, or you just start repeating like the last word that you said. Okay, well, I, I'm going to leave that up to you in so each like, in each case. Bowie, 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 like that. All right, I'm going to leave it up to each of us in each case okay. to do what we want right. to do. I'm going to go with my heart each time to decide what do I actually do at that exact point. I'm hey. not going to think about it too much. Right. Don't overthink this, Jake. You can't overthink this. I'm, uh, I'm going to overthink it while you're talking and not hear what you're saying, so you go ahead. All right. Dishonorable mentions from Bowie. Now, there were a lot of possibilities for dishonorable mentions. Sure, uh, sure, sure, sure. So uh, first of all, dishonorable mention was Who Can I Be Now? which is one of the, it's the 2016 second of the era box sets, mm. which are generally great, but mm. they fall into some pits. There's some ruts to each of them. And really? this is the best example of these ruts. Interesting. Uh, it contains two different versions. It has six unique albums on it, and it claims it contains two different versions of three of those six albums. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good one. Good one. It's got this uh, compilation. They all have a recall disc. It's a compilation at the end. Um, it's 13 tracks, and I'd say one to maybe two of them are truly inter- interesting. All the rest of them are just like straight up edits of, you know, single edits and stuff. Oh, you got it. So those. it just gets pretty boring, unfortunately. And they have this feeling that they need to do all these, you know, other mixes that are often almost the same. Um, next up is Stage, Bowie's second officially released live album from 1978. Okay. But also was re released in 1991, 2005, <laughs> and 2017. And each time they added additional bonus tracks. I would have put that number one on my list. Well,. You know, it's a pretty <laughs> solid album, so there's that. Yeah. And my last design legend is 30 bazillion overpriced reissues on colored vinyl or picture disc. Oh, <clears> man. It's just a little bit all of them together. There's a lot of them. Oh, so, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. There's this intense need in the boy camp to keep releasing everything on different colors all the time, every few days. Yep. Yep. All right. Agreed. All right. All right. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Chaz, there's something wrong with your record there. It's uh, It seems to be skipping. All right, uh, dishonorable mentions. I only have two uh, for Bob Dylan. Uh, uh, the, thing, the thing about Bob Dylan's archival releases, and I'll just say this once, is they're, like, they're very carefully meted out. Most of them are bootleg series, which are like very high quality, you know, for the most part, really mm-hmm. well put together. Uh, Dylan does not seem to have the problem that Bowie has, uh, part mm-hmm. po- possibly because he's still alive, but also, also possibly for other reasons. Um, he doesn't just puke up everything, even though he's released just, I mean, mindless uh, amount, like a numbing amount of unreleased songs. It's crazy. But anyway, mm-hmm. so I only have two dishonorable mentions. The first, and this is one that I actually like. I'm just, I'm just saying that there's. It's just a little dishonorable. It's a touch dishonorable. And that is the okay. uh, the right. 1966 Live Recordings box set, which came out 
uh, gosh, now I'm forgetting what year that was, maybe 2018, something like that. Um, and that's the 50th anniversary, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was. So I remember, I remember suggesting to you that you go on tour with Bob and just listen to whatever show, like the 50th anniversary of each show as, as the dates come along. Well, that, uh, I did that. I don't know if I, I don't know if I told you that, but I totally did that. Oh, wow. And so. (laughs) No, you never told me that, Jake. I should have, I should have gotten back to you. change your listening habits. Oh yeah, you're right. It came out, it came out in 2016. Now this is, this is the, uh. All of the recordings that he did in Europe uh, for the uh, for his tour with the band, where he went electric. He did a half a show that was acoustic, half a show that was electric. So obviously, like one of the great concert tours, or at least one of the most famous mm-hmm. concert tours of all time. However, they released it on 36 CDs in this kind of like brick. Yeah. yeah. And that all that's great. It's from it's 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 one uh, CD or two CDs from each show that he did on that entire thing. It's a copyright dump. Uh, the set list does not change very much, and there are like three or four of them that were fan recorded somehow, like somebody mm-hmm. snuck, snuck in like a four track recorder under their trench coat or something like that, and they're unlistenable. And so it's just a little, <laughs> it's a little dishonorable because like it's all there for posterity, but why, like who cares if somebody bootlegged these bootlegs? They're awful. Nobody likes them. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's dishonorable mention number one. The second is the uh, Rolling Thunder review, the first time it came out. This is a bootleg mm. series that came out, and it was a, it was just a, it was a sweet little two disker, you know, some highlights yeah. from the 1975 Rolling Thunder review, which again, one of the most famous tours, at least in his. In sorry, his can you really overall. quick tell me about the guitarist on that tour? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Let me check my notes. Uh, my notes say that that guitarist was none other than our friend Mick Ronson. Uh the the thing about that tour with Mick Ronson is that apparently, and this could have been a joke from the documentary that Scorsese did, uh, that Bob Dylan never said hi once to Mick Ronson the entire time. He basically never met. <laughs> oh, him. Mick. It could this could have been guy, this could have been a total we're live today to see how much we truly, truly love him. I know. We get him on the show, he would talk about oh. just amazing things. We buy some tasty licks really quick. We'd be like, that'd be a show. That'd be the best show ever, right there. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Anyway, um, it uh, the reason this is dishonorable is it because it became completely obsolete by another release, which we're going to talk about later in the top ten. So I'll just mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. It's obsolete. You shouldn't have it. It was a big deal when it came out, and now it's complete. Uh, it, you don't. No one cares. No one cares. No you one won't, cares. You won't ever listen to it again. Okay, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. My bottom three, number three, countdown, dishonorable man. They're not dishonorable man. My worst okay, release. I went for number three. I went through spying through a keyhole, Clairville De- Grove demos, the Mercury <laughs> demo, Space Oddity 50th anniversary box. Yes. So they're all going to go together because they were all horribly priced. Yep. Vinyl only box sets Ooh. that came out all in the same year. Three of the four of them released on separate seven inch records like the first one came out on four seven inches the second one on three seven inches the fourth one on two seven inches uh one of them came out <laughs> on just a single IP, lp uh-huh. sounds sensible except that it sold for over 50 dollars for some reason uh this is not about the content it's about the presentation 100 percent, which is a reoccurring theme with bowie you'll see You'll see, well, I don't know. You've probably already seen. I've seen it. Uh, it's all about the way it's presented, not the actual content. The content is usually quite good in general. Okay. So this was eventually redeemed, but uh, we'll talk about that more later. 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 
My number three, uh, bottom three, the third worst, I guess, of the archival releases from Bob Dylan is the Bootleg Series, Volume 15, uh, called Travelin' Through. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, 1967 through 1969. Um, this was the Johnny Cash sessions, which are famous. Um, this, this one just came out, right? Yeah, that was in 2019. Um, so Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash got together uh, for a recording session. They were admirers of each other's work, and so they decided to sit down together and record just basically what amounted to like a jam session. So they went through a bunch mm -hmm. of songs together, a bunch of Johnnies, a bunch of uh, a bunch of Bobs, and they're just goofing around. Bob was in his country face, so he's like, ah, hey, Johnny, how's it going? <laughs> Johnny, why don't we do oh, this like one, Johnny? Natural skyline Johnny, why don't we do this one, Johnny? Johnny's like, okay, Bob. Come on over. <laughs> Come on over here, June. Why don't we sit down with this young man and I'm, play some tunes? I'm impressed by your Johnny Cash. I'll Thank you very much. Right Thank now. you very much. I'm Johnny Cash. Uh, and anyway, um, they're the legendary sessions. Uh, songs have been bootlegged forever, but it's ac it's actually not that good. <laughs> it's like, you know, there's, <laughs> there's, there's some really cool stuff like Dylan uh, plays Wanted Man, which is a, a Dylan song for Johnny Cash, and Johnny Cash loved it, and he like immediately put it on his like Live at Folsom Prison album. Yeah, and, I was gonna say I know that from Live at Folsom. I don't think I knew that it was a Dylan song actually. Yeah, it is, and Bob Dylan only, as far as anyone knows, played it that one time. He just played it for Johnny. <laughs> Johnny put it on his album, and Bob never played it again. So, um, and then well, the other the other problem with it, real quick, is that it also they sneak in some outtakes from. The John Wesley mm. Harding Sessions, which is a, a great album, but they just kind of like shove them on half of one of the discs. And I, I need more from John Wesley Harding, if there is more, which it seems like there is. So why just make this thing a Johnny Cash thing, leave another bootleg series for John Wesley Harding, please. But they didn't do yeah. that. So or that's why. Double it out. Yeah. And have a lot of both. Don't do this halfway nonsense, you guys. Oh, I've missed it almost. That's it. All right, number two worst archival release is VH1 Storytellers. Oh. It's just saying, <laughs> bad boy products are almost always related to the release strategy or the formatting or whatever, you know, how exclusive it is, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Almost never about the content. This one is about the content. It got a normal wide release, CD, DVD originally, later, many years later, I got an LP release. Um, also notable is that this may be the, it's one of the only ones on the, on, well, it's the only one on the bad list, I think. I don't know. That's not, whatever. Boy was alive when this one came out. So, you know, things have like just gone crazy since he died, but he was alive when this one came out. Oh man. Um, it's a dull set. He's telling all kinds of stories. They're kind of boring. And also <laughs> you just, if you want to listen to it, like the, the stories aren't separated <laughs> from the music. Mm. So you have to listen to the stories every mm -hmm. single time you listen to it. Mm -hmm. And by every single time, I mean like twice, because then you've done that one time. Well, not twice. You try it out a second time to think maybe, hey, maybe I'll like it more the second time. Yeah. And then you don't, and you're like, yeah, you do okay. And you put it on your shelf in your collection. That's what I do anyway. It's up there. It's in your uh, collection. That's what all I got to say about VH1 Storytellers. Sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm, I believe that people are probably going to think about this podcast, how you think about BH1 storytellers. They're going to be like, do we have to listen to them do that thing at the end <laughs> every single time? <laughs> I was thinking they'd be like, oh, do we have to listen to Jake? Let's get back to Charlie. Oh, come on, man. Come on. Uh, <laughs> number, Sorry, number... we'll separate the tracks out for everybody out there. <laughs> Could you, well, that, that would be my job. You can say that, but you're not going to do it. So anyway. No, I'm clearly not. Uh, number two, bottom three, Bob Dylan, bootleg series number 13, Chaz, say it with me. 
Trouble no more. Yay! This is the these are the gospel years. All live recordings. It came out on a massive super deluxe box set, which incidentally mm-hmm. I just got. Did this. you finally? You did. You finally bought it. I got it, but guess how much I got it for? Guess. I know. This thing retails 30, for like one hundred eighty dollars. Thirty dollars. Oh, I got it for fifty nine dollars. That's still pretty good. Um, there's some sort of dust all over it. I'm not sure what the hell happened with it, but that's why it's fifty nine dollars. But it's like a nine. It's like a nine disker, right? It's like eight that. discs plus a DVD. It is by far oh. the largest bootleg series that he has, uh, including all of the ones that are on the actual top ten. Um, you know, I, I I I wanted to maybe put this one worst, but I think there's another one that's even more inessential. This one, the Trouble No More one, is the Gospel Years live recordings. Uh, and it at least I think partially redeems that period because his albums were um, were you know kind of garbagey around that time and he was really lost in the wilderness in the studio. But he was really like he was out there like preaching the gospel for three years at all of his concerts and it's pretty <laughs> impressive. Uh, but it's just I, I put on you know I haven't listened to all of those discs. I don't I don't think I have enough time in my life to listen to eight discs of live gospel recordings by Bob. Oh, Dylan. not even once? Now you get through them all once? No. I think I made it through like 3 and I was like I just I can't do this again right now and then once you once you get off that train, it's hard to go mm-hmm. back to the train. That's why you don't get off the train, Jake. Uh the only you take re- the train to the horrible station it's going to and then when you're done, you get on a different train and get back to someone good. I know. I just, I there's too much good stuff to listen to, you know. That's not this uh, for me. <laughs> even in the even in the Bob Dylan thing. But anyway, my was metaphor, Jake. Come on. There is a very interesting uh, segment on the DVD where the actor Michael Shannon. Do you know him? He like plays well, very yeah. very scary characters. Usually, he's got this really intense. You can look him up online if you'd like. He was, uh, was he in the, was he General Zod? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. He's in a, okay. he's, he, uh, he may have been, but he's in a lot more like indie movies where he's very menacing. He's like a perfect bad guy. Um, he's very okay. intense. Anyway. While he, you're talking, I'm going to look him up. Okay. He does. And re- regale the audience with information about what movies he's in. Okay. We don't need to. Okay. Anyway. Uh, he. All uh, the movies he's in. Every <laughs> single one. Can we talk about each of the movie? Each of the movies separately? Yeah, in depth, in depth. Top uh, 10 movies that Michael Shannon was in. And the special. Number one, Groundhog Day. Oh, go ahead. He was in Groundhog Oh, yeah, he was the kid in he's, Groundhog Day. He was apparently in Groundhog Day. I don't know. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Anyway, he does uh, he does readings of some of Bob's sermons uh, on the DVD. And so he, like, oh. real, yeah, he, like, recreates these sermons that Dylan was giving about everyone's going to hell and all this stuff. Um, it's pretty intense. And what's funny about it, this is kind of the all-time, for me, this is that all-time example of this work that no one really appreciated or thought was horrible at the time being, like, completely reappraised by a bunch of indie people. You know, like, it was on, you know, Pitchfork had this big, uh, had this big thing on it, and I think... Uh, the liner notes are like very glowing. It's like I came, you know, I didn't come to Jesus for Bob, but I sure do love this music <laughs> now. Uh, so anyway, that's number that's number two for me. All right, um, he he was in the Superman movie. I was thinking of it's Man of Steel as mm. General Zod. Mm. There's a whole bunch of other stuff, but I really don't even know what a bunch of it is. Like most yeah. of it is the great it's, majority. It's indie. He was stuff. in Knives Out, which that movie's great. Oh, that love is that a good one. movie. Yeah, I like that one. He is apparently in. Groundhog Day, but I don't know. He's the kid. He was Fred. He's the kid. That that memorable character, Fred. Yeah. So it's in horrible movies, including Pearl Harbor, which is in the worst movies I've ever seen, I think. Mm, I never saw that movie. 
I missed oh, it. Don't. Don't. I won't. Just don't, Jake. <laughs> much save like, yourself the time. Much like Bootleg Series Volume 13, um, I'm not going back to anyway, it. Anyway, lots of other stuff, who cares? All, all right, right, go. That's all. My number one worst archival release is no surprise to anyone who listened to the previous episode. It's Brilliant Live Adventures, Jake. Yes. How could it not be? Finally. How could it not be? I, I would have guessed that for sure. So I don't feel like I need to get into length on this because I already talked quite a long time about how horrible it was in every, almost, almost every conceivable way. Last show, just the last show. So yeah. some of those really quick lowlights are you had to purchase every single title separately <laughs> and you had to purchase the box separately and you had to pay individual shipping on every single one because they were exclusive to oh. the Bowie store. Oh. Most of them sold out in hours. Um, some stores canceled orders after they were already made and then I couldn't get them because they sold out. And it is clearly intended to match the era sets because it's Brilliant Live Adventures and one of the era sets is Brilliant Adventures. Yep. But it is not the same size. Oh. In either vinyl or CD, oh. so it doesn't match. Mm. Just mm. a couple things there, real quick. Now the content overall is solid. I would say three of those shows are, well, four of those shows, we even go, are like solid. Should be in there. One of them is completely unnecessary. Should not be in there. In any circumstances, one doesn't really fit the format of all the rest. It's kind of weird inclusion, but you know, it's not about content with Bowie. Rarely it's about content with Bowie. It's about presentation. Presentation. And that was awful. It was bad. It's yeah. still bad. It's really bad. I never listen to those albums. I just like, I look at them and I'm like, ugh, I like PTSD looking at them. <laughs> I know. Well, I get PTSD on your behalf. It's like a double. Yeah. yeah. It's like a PTSD for your PST, PTSD. That brought me the closest I ever have been to stop being a completist Bowie fan. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel like if uh, if Dylan had done that, which he wouldn't have, um, he would have put it on. He would have put it on like a six CD bootleg series, maybe much like the Trouble mm-hmm. No More one, and it would have cost about mm, forty dollars. It would have cost about eighty five bucks, maybe, because it's, it's okay. He would have put some some liner notes and stuff in there, which you didn't get. Yeah, right? nope, um, no liner notes. So, can you just tell the audience again, like how much how much did you end up paying for that? Do you, no, do you I don't recall? remember off the top of my head. I don't have this written down, but it was somewhere around one hundred and seventy five by the end of the day. Yeah. The thing is, seven dollars shipping on every single one of those <laughs> bad boys, uh, but and they're you, all like. Retail suggested retail price of eighteen dollars or something for a single CD. It was great. I loved it every minute of it. I was at your house last summer. I was at your house last summer and I checked it out and I didn't even want to touch it. I was like, "This is too valuable. I can't. Yeah, I can't even touch this. <laughs> it's too valuable. Uh-huh. Don't break it, Jake. You break it, you bought it. You can't buy it because it's also there. Charlie's like, "Whoops, you broke it. You owe me one hundred seventy-five dollars." <laughs> all right the number one uh bootleg series uh or so sorry the number one archival uh worst is bootleg series number nine it's the whitmark demos uh 1962 through 1964 um, and this isn't aggressively bad, like what you're talking about. I guess the content, mm. it's its just, it's not really aggressively bad. But one thing we've talked about over the years with Dylan is like when he's bad, he's just mostly boring. There is some really bad stuff, but there's also just like, he's just kind of mailing it in. And this is uh-huh. like, this is kind of the perfect uh, encapsulation of that for the bootleg series, uh, which of course, you know, is overall very, very good. Um, so back in the day, uh, when you were a songwriter, you would go into these little booths at a record mm-hmm. company or a publish. I'm sorry, publishing company. In this case, uh, the Whitmark Publishing Company, and you would just play your songs onto this acetate, and it's, it didn't sound so good. But it wasn't about it wasn't about the recording. It was about presenting these songs so that other 
songwriters and musicians could cover them. So this publishing yeah. house and Dylan famously wrote like 200 songs in a year or something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he'd go, <laughs> he'd go hop skipping in there his little, in his little page boy cap, you know, and he would go in there and be like, he got another one. And he would, he would rip these off in this, in this booth. And of course this includes some of his most famous songs from the early years. However, like they're not intended to be on, they're not intended to be on an album. So they just kind of sound, yeah. you know, he, he, he gives it, he gives it a little bit of sauce, but he's not really giving it his all. <laughs> but not uh, full sauce. Not full sauce. And maybe half sauce, quarter sauce. What do you think? How much sauce? I think, I think on some of them, he's given like three quarters sauce. <laughs> oh, well, that's not too bad. Three quarters sauce is pretty good. Actually, that's more than a lot of performers give like when they think they're giving full sauce. I know, but know? think, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You, but, don't see, you know but, what I'm saying here? But think about, <laughs> I mean, the sauces are kind of a marinade. Nera, but it doesn't have any it doesn't have any meat in it you know it's like it's, it's not a store-bought a, one it's not homemade no way it's ragu you know <laughs> it's ragu it's not even like expensive stuff it's not a bolognese or anything it's just <laughs> uh anyway you're the listener and you're listening to two discs and of course he could rip these things off in like two minutes so there's like 40 songs on there 45 songs or something <laughs> like that and it just it kind of wears on you um, the, mo- the most interesting thing is at the end the very last song that he ever played um, for this publishing company before he before he got his own or started owning the rights to his songs blowing uh, in the wind no that was one of the first oh. ones you jerk no it was uh, it was mr. tambourine man so that was kind of the, the demarcation point between his early career and what he was going to do, you know, in the in the mid '60s. So it's cool, but like I literally listened to it once, uh, and I was like, ah, I can, you know, they don't sound that much different than all the other songs that he does on the album proper. So it's just more inessential than bad. But that's that's my number one bottom three. Hmm. All right. Let's move to the top ten, and I'm gonna try to blow through these early ones. So Gonna blow through sweet, them, huh? Sweet secular time on the the later ones. All oh, right, sound, Jake. Okay, fine. All right, honorable mentions for Bowie are. I'm just gonna go with almost all of his live albums. Okay. He released, I think, two live albums, three, three of them that actually came out like contemporary, came out somewhere close to when they were recorded. Otherwise, all his live albums are archival. So, especially I'm going to mention uh, I'm Only Dancing, which came out in 2020. Mm-hmm. Glass mm-hmm. Number 2000, which came out in 2018. And Uber Le Chien, which is actually part of Brilliant Live Ventures and just came out in also 2020. Okay. Those are particular, some, one, some particular ones that I like. But his live albums in general, just, you know, they're pretty solid. Okay. You just like them. Yeah. You just like them. Sounds good. I just uh, like them. That's it. That's it for honorable mentions. Yeah, like I, I only have one honorable mention as well. It is actually... Uh, it's it's a compilation album um, called Sidetracks. It came out on vinyl. It was kind of an exclusive vinyl thing that came out. I don't know. I don't even remember. 2014, I want to say. 2015. Um, and the thing that doesn't make it really uh, eligible for the top 10 is that I believe all the tracks were released at some point um, before. But they're, they're cool, like, outtakes, like some of his most famous outtakes and live versions of songs. And it's a, it's a triple vinyl and so that's kind of fun to just like throw this on. It's career spanning up until that point. Um, so it's just like it's a little bit of a a little bit of an edited version of stuff that had already come out. But I like playing it. I like putting it on, and it's fun. So that's my honorable mention. All right. Well, let's kick it with number ten for Bowie. And this is one of those where you know we were talking about the folk matters and what archival releases means. I'm like, mm, right. Jake might not be okay with this, but I don't <laughs> care what Jake thinks. Well, I'll tell you what, Chaz. 
it's uh-huh. it's because we're not doing points. I don't care what you do. You could say, you know, you could put your bottom three in your top ten, and I'd be like, fine. Because there's no, there's <laughs> well, it's no. Good, cause I did exactly that thing. <laughs> yeah. My bottom three and my top three at the same time. Oh no. Um, number ten is changes one Bowie from 1976. It's Bowie's first greatest hits compilation, and it doesn't mess around. It's all killer, no filler, Jake. Let me just read you this track list real quick. Okay. Space Oddity, John Emily Dancing, Changes, Ziggy Stardust, Suffragette City, Team Genie, Diamond Dogs, Rebel Rebel, Young Americans, Fame, Golden Years. Done. Boom, 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 boom. Boom. Hits. Hits. Dropped all over. Hits. He's like, this is just all all the tops, to the point where he even skips a couple of his albums in there. He's like, nope, none of these songs are good enough to power through this. So, it was uh, pretty sweet. The photo and general style match uh, Stationization, his 10th album, which includes one track from that, released mm. four months before this. Mm. Uh, there is a Changes 2 Bowie, which stinks. And there's a Changes Bowie, which I'm pretty sure you own. And it's boring and includes a ghastly, the ghastly Fame 90 mix. That's my favorite one remix. on the entire album. Okay. I do own it. I play it end to end over oh, and bad. over and over again. All right. Over to you. Okay, number 10 is the Bootleg Series, Volume 16. That's springtime in New York. 1980 through 1985, and you might be thinking to yourself, Jake, is that really the best representation of Bob Dylan's work, 1980 through 1985? That's what I was wondering. And the myself, answer yeah. is no, it is not. But it, I think it's one of the most fascinating releases that he has had as an archival thing because he was like aggressively bad on his albums during this time. <laughs> it was, these are his worst albums, um, except for what would follow, actually. These are like his second Red worst Sky. period of, well, yeah, Under the Red Sky was in 1990. That's a whole other story. Right. But like Knocked right. Out Loaded came out after this. Mm. Um, but he was just, he was really going for it. And I, mm. I respect mm-hmm. it in a way that I didn't think that I would. Um, and he's trying a bunch of different stuff. He's got tons of different musicians coming in. He's trying to play with the studio space, which we know he doesn't do ever, except for this time. He's like, he's in there just <laughs> like, also hey. also a theory where he wanted David Bowie to produce his album. Exactly. He wanted, he wanted him for infidels. But he got a gloriously balding Mark, Mark Knopfler instead. Which is <laughs> great. Just wonderful. And who could be... Who there, say no to that? there was a lot of rich mahogany going on in that recorded <laughs> studio, uh, and so he does he does crazy things like he he does a very earnest cover of "Sweet Caroline" by Neil Diamond. Uh, there's some really there's some really juicy outtakes uh, that he does that turned into terrible songs on the albums, but were good to begin with. But he just he couldn't stop tinkering with them, so it's very fascinating. I don't think it redeems this period of his career. But it definitely could have been. It could have gone better. You know what I mean? It could have right. gone a lot All better. Right. So there you go. Well, this was the epitome of his period where he put, yeah, kept the, le- the best songs off the album. He did that, and like, he also... Hey, we made 20 songs. 10 of them are good and 10 of them are bad. Let's put all the bad ones on the album. Actually, no, yeah. put nine bad ones and one good one on the album. Right. And the other thing... There's always that, one good one on there. And the other thing that he did was that he would, he would start out with a great song, and then he would turn it bad over time. He'd, he'd be like, no, we can't put this version on the album. Let me try to do it uh, for another album in a completely different way and change the words and like slather some synths on it or something like that. Let's do that. Well, yeah, you got to do that. You got to slather the synths. Gotta. We should slather some synths on this episode. After You're like, do you mark, do you mark Joffrey's free? I got his number. Let's do this. <laughs> I don't know if he's still alive or not. I don't know. Yeah, he is. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Good. Mark. All right. 
Number nine for Bowie is Live Santa Monica 72. Oh, sweet. So came out in 1994 and then really came out in 2008. Uh-huh. This is a blistering Ziggy shell from late 72. and a semi-legal release in 1994 by a company that owned half the rights to it but didn't bother checking with Bowie, who owned the other half the rights, <laughs> and just kind of released it. And yeah. it was got a completely legal release in 2008. It was heavy bootleg because it was a radio show but definitely superior sound quality on the official release. It's just a great show. And just to see uh, Ziggy at his height, this was the first, like, mm. there was one Ziggy show had come out, but it was the very last Ziggy show of all time, the one where he, you know, oh, yeah. on stage. When he fired everyone? So this one, you actually get in the middle of it. Mm. It's still the only, you know, there's only two Ziggy shows ever officially released, which is confusing. It's confusing, is, Jake. Well, I mean, you know, you know what they could do? They could put out like a 50th anniversary of Ziggy Stardust with a couple live shows tacked well, on. Well, I mean, maybe it's just do 50th anniversary anything besides, you know, a picture disc and some unnecessary vinyl release, you know? Not I would think, but, you know, I'm not the boy camp apparently when Did it comes to Hunky Dory or Ziggy Stardust. These two best known albums. Did I hear you say that you think picture discs are unnecessary? That seems harsh. Um, well, I mean, I did mention that as one of my desirable mentions yeah. is all these stupid reissues on picture disc and color file. Okay. So, okay. I think my thoughts are clear, Jake. <laughs> They've been real clear at this point. You know what I thought was... They just need to release a really giant, really amazing box set covering Hunky Dory, maybe even Ziggy Stardust. At the same time? They recorded almost back-to-back. Half of Ziggy Stardust was demoed before even recorded Hunky Dory, so... Maybe we need like a 12 disker that covers both of them. That'd be amazing. I would do that. I would buy that in a second. Would you? You would buy it then, is what you're trying to say. Oh, you would. You would yeah. spend your. Yeah, I would you would buy it spend. Twice, Jake, if I had to. You would spend your money on that, and so that would. You I think would spend, that would be? I would spend money on that, unlike picture discs. Just, you, just throwing that out there, because I know Parlophone. I know you're listening. I know you're listening to we, me right now. Yeah, Parlophone. I don't want any more unnecessary vinyl issues. I don't. Didn't like your stupid. Uh, Record Store Day releases that have the same cover as box sets but didn't fit inside of the box sets. I don't, you know, that just all of it turned me off, made me really mad about Bowie. So you two, you owe this to me. Yep. Big old, sweet, sweet box set. Mm. Let's make it the biggest one mm. of new material you've ever released. Yep. The, the stuff is there. It's there. I know it is. We'll cover Hunky Dory and early Ziggy Stardust, and it'll be just amazing, okay? Parl- okay? Parlophone. All right. I'm glad we got this established. Thank you, Parlophone. I look forward to the announcement any day now. Parlophone Charlie will build an entirely new shelf. It doesn't matter how big it is. He'll put it on a new yeah, shelf. Yeah, no, you put it any any size. Any, any size. size. It could the be bigger, a bigger the better. It could the be like a in there. Go. Yeah, it could I don't be care a, if one of them is just like Bowie farting into a mic. The entire <laughs> you just do that. You put it in there, okay? It could be the size of a refrigerator and cost as much <laughs> as a refrigerator. He'll buy it. And I'll buy and I'll buy two of them. <laughs> two. <laughs> Straight up. He'll send one to me via mail. UPS. Which will cost more than the box set. Mm-hmm. But he'll do it. He'll do it. <laughs> so prepared to do part of that. Hey, over to you, Shake. Okay, so number nine. Oh, sweet tangent. Sweet tangent. Good tangent there, everybody. Well done. I think number nine um, for me is this massive box set that doesn't exist by uh, by David Boy. I'm going to put that on the Dylan list. I'm Wait, ready. You, I'm sorry. You cut out a little bit there, Jake. Can you say it again for, oh, I was just, and not for anybody else? Well, I was just going to say that uh, number nine on my list is this massive uh, box set by David Boy that doesn't exist. I'm pretty interested in that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put it I'll put it on my list don't even yeah do it yeah if that's don't what it even takes. think that I won't my real one of course is the bootleg series there's a theme here that I think you might sense 
Um, volume 7. This is No Direction Home, the soundtrack. It was released in 2005. Mm. Um, it accompanied a Martin Scorsese documentary that aired on PBS about Bob Dylan's life and music up till he went electric at the Newport Folk Festival yeah. in 1965. So it's a two-disker, and it's just, it's just killer unreleased versions of all of these songs and some that you've never heard before. Um, it's not a greatest hits thing. It's all unreleased, but it's kind of like a greatest unreleased hits. You know, our guys here have enough stature where it's like uh, you can you can do other greatest hits of songs that they've already recorded that are like the outtakes yeah. or the live versions. Um, yeah. And I think at the time, like for me, I was uh, 24 years old when that came out. Um, already a huge Bob Dylan fan, but the the documentary and the soundtrack, especially uh, more than the documentary, like really like inflamed my Bob Dylan uh, fandom, mm -hmm. especially for that period, you know, where he goes electric. That's so exciting. Um, yeah. And so, like, I'm not a huge fan of his earliest... Makes your body tingle a little bit all over his Well, no, let's not... That's a little, a little... That's a little... That's gross. We're not... I'm not just I'm a not little bit. It's just tingly all over. The hair stood up on my neck. Let's say that. Because <laughs> I was scared. I was scared about how... About how much I was... <laughs> It's terrifying, um, and it, it, so it really, it really did its intended purpose. It got me like, it got me pretty hopped up on Bob Dylan. It's very well curated, uh, you know, just, just really nice. It's really fun to put on. I put it on all the time now. So that's number nine. All right, number eight for Bowie is "Welcome to the Blackout." Came out in twenty eighteen. Welcome. So I already talked about the Stage album, which came out in four distinct versions. This is like the fifth version of Stage <laughs> because it's a another show from the same tour with almost the same track listing as Stage. Oh, but the show is way, way, way better. It's just a way better show. It's just like this should have, is what should have been released instead of Stage to begin with. Okay. Like Stage should just like forget you Stage. Let's just release one of the Blackout and be done with it. Great name too. Uh, I consider I it my say. second favorite Bowie live album. Ever Boom. out of twenty two out of twenty two official releases. This is wow, two. wow, wow, that's wow, how wow, sweet wow, 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 Ronson. Nick Ronson. Uh, he's credited in the liner notes on this. Love as, Nick. Uh, he's credited in the liner notes on this as being Mike Ronson, which I guess people called him that, uh, but that's wrong. Well, it's Mick. I'm sorry. I, I, I thought his official name was Michael. Isn't it Michael? Yeah, I believe it's so. like legal name, but you know, nobody wants to call him Michael. No, who would call it's him Nick. Michael? That's preposterous. Nobody would call you call him Michael. No, no. Stop calling him Michael. Call him Mick. Uh, this was a this was a 14 disker that came out very similar uh, to this kind of brick uh, presentation that the 1966 live recordings came with, except this one is just it's just better because this was a very yeah. exciting musical time. We get a couple discs of rehearsals, which is really <laughs> really tasty. <laughs> I love it, and the uh, the set lists are not quite all so the same. It's a little bit easier to kind of get your mind around, you know, 14 CDs mm -hmm. rather than 36. Um, and he is just, he is hot fire on the mic on this one. He is really, because he's trying to, he's trying to act at the same time. 
because uh, they were doing this terrible, well, turned out to be terrible film called Renato and Clara. And so he right, was right. acting while he was singing, and so he's he's like staring into the camera, and he's just like he's staring right into your soul. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's yeah. just singing it like crazy. It's probably his best, uh, most uh, is I think it's probably his best stage presence that he ever had. Um, because it's not no, confident. It's because conf- he's wearing makeup, you know, like David Bowie. He's wearing makeup. He's got a cool hat with flowers on it. That's not. Yeah. That's not nothing. Um, this this coincided uh, with another Martin Scorsese documentary that's really fun um, that came out around the same time. That's also kind of a mockumentary <laughs> at the same time. Uh, so we explained that in in whatever episode. I think that was I explained that in the 2019 episode that we did. So the whole package yeah. is really cool. It's. Uh, you know, you can pick you can pick your favorite show out of there. You can kind of get a handle on it and and throw that on, um, and it's rocking. So I love that one. That's number eight. Awesome. All right, for Bowie, number seven, we're coming in with Sound and Vision from 1989. Whoa! Jake, this is Bowie's what? very first box set, and I will grudgingly admit, yeah, that it was inspired by Dylan's biograph. Well, obviously it was. Everyone was. It, obviously, everyone there's no was. shame. That there's was no one of the shame. major inspirations for it, and it is very similar. Everyone On had the one. cover is 1969 to 1980. He was just the same with the Ryko disc, and they were going to re-release all his core albums from, you know, his golden years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This was first. It's a four-disc set, or six LPs, or three cassettes, or three CDs, along with Jake, a completely obsolete medium called CD video, yes. which is essentially a miniature laser disc. <laughs> oh, what? Amazing. This feels like a good time to tell the audiences at home that I recently acquired a laser disc player. You did? One of my schools, we found one in like back cupboard in one of my schools. And like, what do you do with a laser disc? And I was like, I want that. I'm taking it home. So I want a laser disc player. It's one of my prized possessions. Um, it's 39 tracks. Eight of them are completely unreleased at the time. And eight of them are like rare tracks, not in regular albums. So it's like a best of, but also mixed in like some exciting new stuff for, you know, yeah. for the other people at home. And there was an addition, Jake. It came in a solid Beachwood case. What? Signed by Bowie himself. Shut the, the front door. Jake. Shut the front door. You got yeah, that? Can you smell you it Beachwood right now? I bet you can. I mean, it smells Smith, so Smith, good. Jake. It's like kind of a, it's kind of, it's kind of gamey. It smells like the ocean. Can you, can you smell the beechwood? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Rich beechwood. I, I can smell it. I can smell it. Yeah. Now, uh, can I ask you how much this would set you back now? Have you looked around on Discogs? I don't know. I, I, I looked it up. I thought about it, and I didn't do it. You got to do like, it. It's going to be like. It. I it's... will look up while you start talking, and I will interrupt you very rudely to tell you how much you can get this Beachwood case thing for now. That sounds great. I love getting rudely interrupted. <laughs> it's my favorite. I love rudely interrupting you. So this is something we can all enjoy. Of all the things, you know, that we share, uh, you rudely interrupting me is my favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, I thought about putting Biograph on my list, but uh, it only went up to Ooh. 1985. All right, I found one on eBay, Jake. Yeah, what is it? 800 bonds. Oh, that seems low to me. I thought it would be a couple thousand. Well, Signed sorry, by Bowie? How many did how many, how many did he sorry sign? I disappoint you, I guess. I don't know. I don't want to stay here. <laughs> thought $800 seemed like a lot for three CDs and a CD video that you cannot play because it's a completely obsolete medium. Yeah, but it's in the beach. It's in the Beachwood case, right? With the signed. I know, Beachwood case, signed. That's crazy. Of all the, I mean, I feel like they jacked up the prices well, on Bowie. Let me, so let me go back here. I want to see if it is a buy it now or if it's a bid. 
Oh, I bet it's a big oh, it's, No, it's a, buy, it's a buy it now at 800. Chaz, I'll send you. pretty impressive. I don't know. I'll it's s- number 336. You probably want a lower number for big money, right? I will, uh, I'll send you 800 cents right now to go towards the purchase of that Beachwood. <laughs> Be- I expect those pennies in the mail within a week <laughs> or you were dead to me. Because <laughs> you're buying it, right? And I'm, I'm contributing, so we own it kind of yeah, together? Yeah, <laughs> you will own 1% of this box set. <laughs> And uh, anyone else contributing, you can own whatever percentage you want. All the games you contribute to, and all the rest. Once you know, it gets up to like me paying fifty dollars. I'd pay a hundred for his signature alone, probably. You know, if I were you. Yeah. But I'm not. <laughs> hey, I'm done. Go on. All right. Go, so go yours. do yours. Number seven uh, uh, on my best can list. Can you smell the beechwood, though, Jake? Can you smell the beechwood? <clears throat> well, I was I was smelling mahogany, and now I can't get beechwood uh, in there. Mahogany is what I got. Good. Good. Glad to hear it. All right. Rich mahogany. Number seven. Number seven is uh, Bootleg Series Volume 10, Another Self-Portrait. Another. 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 It's this, not this, just this a self. The third or the fourth. So how many self-portraits did we well, have? Well, we, we thought... This is only the second one. I ended up with five self-portraits, but this is this is like in the middle somewhere. The the one that's called Another is actually like the third or the fourth one. I can't remember exactly. <laughs> okay, that sounds correct. Yeah, that's about right. Um, so this came out in 2013, um, and this is kind of the ultimate, like, this, uh, even more so probably than Springtime in New York. This is kind of an ultimate redemption tale for this period of mm. Dylan's career because he put out the pretty garbage, confusing Odds and Sods album called uh, Self Portrait in 1970. Yeah. Um, after he had come back, you know, and done a bunch of other cool stuff after his motorcycle crash, it was like, what is Bob doing now? What? And everyone was, instead of saying, what is Bob doing now and kind of leaving it at that, they were like, F you, Bob. Like this is a summary of his career right there, Jake. F you, Bob. What is Bob doing now? Hey, Bob. That just that sums it all up. Hey, Bob. That'd we wish... the name of your uh, biography right about, uh, about Dylan. Entirely cribbed from Wikipedia. What, like, F you, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they People thought that he should have died in the motorcycle crash, I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah. So, instead well, of... He sold the soul of the devil, you know? And he still got time. Yeah, and like the devil, this is what the devil came up with? No thanks, they said. He's like, nah, no, no. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna go reading in that deal that far. You don't get to die this soon, okay, buddy? You yeah. go a little longer, okay? Yeah, you have to. You have to, you have to read our evil, our our, you know? our withering, nerdy, white rock criticism for a while before you go. <laughs> Ugh, so many nerdy white. That sounds like hell. Just going to town on Dylan. To me. <laughs> Just beating him mercilessly. Just beating him. <laughs> Jake, you're, you're sitting on the shoulders of giants right now. I just want you to know that. Oh, man. Here I am. Just kicking him right in the face. He's 80. <laughs> You're um, my favorite nerdy white uh, Bowie critic. critic. I just want you to know that. Hey, thanks. It comes, that comes from my heart. Comes yeah. From my heart. Wow. Thanks, Chaz. Uh, the truth is, I don't really don't think about him that much. So, you know. <laughs> I don't know if that's not true. <laughs> uh, You're not fooling anybody right I now. I think about him all the time. I'm like, Bowie! <laughs> Bowie! Um, <sighs> uh, what, what were we talking about? The Bootleg Series Volume 10. <laughs> Beachwood, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going back to Beachwood? Uh, so after Self Portrait came out, he four months later, he released an actual album called New Morning, which everyone was like, oh, just kidding. Don't F you, Bob. We're good now. <laughs> 
Um, but this this bootleg series covers that entire period. There's a little bit of Nashville skyline when he's singing like this, and there's a little bit of self-portrait, and there's a little bit of uh, New Morning. Um, but some of these versions of these songs are just, they're so much better than what made it on the album. It's not even, it's not even funny. Like, what, what were they thinking? <laughs> there's no, there's no reason that these versions, unless, yeah, unless they were uncleaned up at the time, like the mastering process wasn't so good back then, maybe. But like, and then uh, I got the super deluxe version, um, which is awesome Obviously. because, because it has a cleaned up remastered version of self-portrait in the box set. Mm. And it sounds mm -hmm. way better. I mean, the songs are still garbage for the most part, but it sounds <laughs> way better. And it's got the entire Isle of Wight concert from 1969 on it. So like, this is a very tasty release um, as far as, as far as super deluxe versions go. Um, so, you know, and I'm regretting not putting it even higher because it's pretty great. That's number seven for me. All right. Number six from Bowie is Nothing Has Changed. I would like to very much indicate this is a three-disc edition, not any other edition for mm. 2014. Mm. So in my view, this is the best, most comprehensive, greatest hits package from Bowie. Um, it's released in honor of the 50th anniversary of his first single. Bowie was, rumor has it, that Bowie was heavily involved in the choosing of these songs. I don't know if it's ever been confirmed. Okay. All of his albums are represented, sort of, well, all of them are represented, including, in a way, the not yet released Black Star. Because there's a song they re recorded, released as a single, and then re recorded for Black Star is on this compilation. So Ooh, there's that. Spicy. In a brilliant, in, uh, I don't know how it's brilliant, but it's, it's brilliant. In a brilliant move, it's. Uh, it's sequenced in reverse chronological order. Oh, I like that. That's tasty. I always, it worked out great because then you're not like getting all hung up and you know, it's like glory years up to 1980, 83. And then you're like, hmm. But so you're like actually appreciating his newer stuff going, you know, this is pretty good. I actually like this. This is good. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. interesting. And then, you know, yeah. like you get the payoff later on, you get the climax of his, you know, best known stuff late into the second and third discs, which is pretty good. It's pretty good. It has tons of different edits, remixes, and non-album singles. I did not buy this when it initially came out, because I'm like, what do I need a greatest hits for? I got all the yeah. albums. Yeah, yeah. But I looked to do it, I did eventually buy it, because I realized of the 58 tracks, 41 of them are not the official album version. Oh my goodness. That's hefty. So there's a lot of like single edits, you know, there's some interesting remixes, there's some non-album singles in there, there's a lot of stuff mixed in, and it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, we're talking tasty. It's pretty tasty. It sounds tasty. Um, I will note that there is a one-disc edition and a two-disc edition. The two-disc edition was later slightly changed and re-released as the now apparently definitive best-of collection Bowie Legacy. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but they're just... The first one just stinks. The second one is just kind of boring. It just, you know, it skips over the second half of his career almost entirely. And uh, this is the one. Three, three-disc is the one. It's the one, Jake. It's the one! It's the one. But All it's right, a two-disc it's the, right, one, it's the one, two disc group. Uh, number six for me is Greatest Hits Volume 2, which is full stop, like just one of the best actual releases that he ever put out, you know, at the time. Um, so Dylan, for me, and maybe many other people, like you, you almost want to get that first volume of Greatest Hits out of the way. You just want to, it's a little bit obligatory. It's like it's got Blowing yeah, in the Wind. Yeah. It's got Mr. Tambourine Man. It's got like yeah, sure, sure. all of this. And that came out in like 1967, and his career was like six years old at that point, or five years <laughs> uh -huh. old. But he had already done so much by that point. But then you, you kind of want volume two, because that's got the real, like, his adult songs, like his real good yeah. ones. So it's got that on it. It's got some of my favorite Dylan songs of all, so it's fun to listen to. But then he does an entire side 
the side four of songs that he'd never put out before. So he got you got seven songs on a greatest hits album that have never been heard before. Well, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Five of them have never been heard before. Sorry, the first two are are, are regular releases, um, and he recorded those at the time and then stuck them on the last part of his greatest hits album, and they're all banging bangers. They're all really good. They're all kind of unique because he never put them uh, on an album. Um, it's some of my favorite, you know, a couple of them are uh, songs from the uh, Basement Tapes that he re-recorded. So, like, mm-hmm. there's, like, three of my favorite Bob Dylan songs ever just on this one side, right in a row. When I Paint My Masterpiece, I Shall Be Released, and You Ain't Going Nowhere. Just bam, bam, bam. Nice versions. Boom. Ac- acoustic-y. Uh, the band is involved on a couple of them, or parts of the band. Um, so that's just that's that's a that's a good one. I put that on all the time. Even my kids like that one. So that's it. Number six. Kids don't like anything. <laughs> I know. Hate those kids. My just kids kidding. only like listen exclusively to Lynn Manuel Miranda music at this point in their life. So yeah, we've we've discussed this. It's it's a problem. It's a problem. Okay. I, mean, I got nothing against Lynn. Don't don't get me wrong, Lynn and I'll. I just have tired of listening to all of your music on repeat. Uh, can I tell you a real quick anecdote about Lynn Mo or Miranda? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the my favorite baseball team by far is the Minnesota Twins. You're you're familiar mm-hmm. with them. They they play in a stadium like not too far from where you live. Yeah, um, true. They they brought up a rookie. Field, yep. They brought up a, a rookie this year, um, who is the who is a cousin. A younger cousin of Lin Manuel Miranda. His name is Jose oh. Miranda. So now every telecast, I got to hear about. Hey, did you know? Did you know that? Uh... <laughs> and he's pretty good. But they're like, hey, did you know that Jose Miranda? I mean, it says here. Do they play, do they play some of his music really quick? Just uh, you know, throw in a little like we no. can talk about Bruno or something, just to no. spice things no, up. No, 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 no. I my family's a little bit off that right now, so I'm not going to say that out loud. I'm not even going to say it out loud. Okay. Please don't. We don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, you need a breather? It's my turn. I think it's my turn. You need a breather? You need a little break? Number five, Station to Station Super Deluxe Edition. Hey! Bowie has released exactly one official Super Deluxe Edition of one of his albums. That's it? This is it. He's like unofficially released another one. We'll get to that. We'll get to that, Jake. Um, so this came in 2010. It was Bowie never has true campaigns that go anywhere like sometimes they start stuff and then they, I don't know where this came from and it was like hey okay. Super Deluxe Edition of Station to Station done no other Super Deluxe Editions ever and this one was while he was alive too uh, it contains the remastered album on both CD and LP this is the big set the big set the big guy live NASA Coliseum 76 album on CD and LP which uh-huh. many uh-huh. people myself included consider his best live album boom the it's original 1985 master on CD, for some reason, of Station to Station. And Ed's EP on Station to Station, <laughs> for some reason. And a DVD with the original analog master and new 5.1 mixes and new stereo mixes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I know, it's a lot of, lot of repeated stuff. And there's a yeah. booklet, and there's tons and tons of swag. Oh, the swag, that's so, right, this is the swaggy one. So much swag. So swaggy. much swag in this. So yeah, there's swaggy. like fake ticket things. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, and buttons. I don't know. I didn't get the Super Deluxe one. There's super like, expensive. There's like pieces I of I got his... the Deluxe one, which had all the same musical content because it had a remastered version of Station to Station as well as the Live NASA Coliseum album. I bought that at the time. So that was a nice little like three disc package, which was real, was real sweet. Oh, choice. Um, I didn't buy the bottom one because I couldn't have me for it. And there really wasn't any more content on there except for different mixes of the exact same album. Um, I would also like to point out this time that Bowie 
this is how many deluxe editions exist. The deluxe editions exist in some form for his first, second, fifth, sixth, eighth, ninth, tenth, twentieth, twenty-second, twenty-third, twenty-fourth, twenty-fifth, twenty-sixth, and twenty-seventh albums. <laughs> what? That's it. That's it. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't know a what you just said. Deluxe edition but... has never been released of Hunky Dory. His probably second best known album. Yes. Just want everyone to know that once again. Okay. Throwing that out there. You just yeah. so you you ended this you ended this with like another jab at the Bowie camp. You're you're insane. Well, I just I know part of the phone's listening, and I really oh really right, 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 right. That's right. Really hard. That hey, this is the second best known album. Maybe release a deluxe set of that instead of like a deluxe set of reality from 2003 which did mm-hmm. happen mm-hmm. unreality um i just want um, the parlophone executives eight hours from 1999 i know the parlophone the parlophone folks have their fingers on the pulse of all the podcasts about david bowie including this one mm-hmm. and so i just want to mention that <laughs> especially this one. i uh if i ever ever see a vinyl version of hunky dory um or uh, ziggy stardust in the uh, in the record shop, I will buy it. You know, less less that it's like a first edition. It costs like eighty bucks or something like that. So even oh, no, you're I gonna, would. You're gonna find plenty of picture discs and colored vinyl. Yeah, I don't want like any of that, that garbage. Don't worry about that. That's garbage. I want. What you're like... not gonna find is any additional <laughs> content whatsoever. Even though there are dozens of unreleased tracks, including studio tracks, <laughs> that are just sitting there. They're just sitting there. It's just. Mm, I think waiting. it's just so tasty. I mean, you're hu- you're, right. you're hungry. Your mouth's watering. Yeah, but there's I, no food. My mouth is watering. It's literally watering right now. Because just because thinking about all those demos and unreleased demos. Because you're gonna because yeah. the because the next version of the super deluxe edition will be edible. That'll be their hook. Like you can eat it. Oh man, you yum! Eat it. Outtakes. You gotta, buy, you gotta buy at least two then. One for eating and one for listening. <laughs> You listen to it and then you eat it. It's kind of a one of a kind thing. It disintegrates. <laughs> uh, All right, Jake. Hit yeah. us with your number five. All right, number five is the original, and some say the best, uh, but I don't. This is the bootleg series <laughs> volumes one through three. They just they didn't call it volume one. They called it three volumes because it was three CDs or actually three. Yeah. They put out three mm-hmm. records at the time too. Uh, this is nineteen sixty one through nineteen ninety one, and much like Biograph did in nineteen eighty five, when this came out, everyone was like. What? what? Outtakes and things from the last 30 years, all unreleased except for all those bootlegs that everyone has. So we're not talking about those. <laughs> like, it was kind of a, it, it sounds like a simple idea, but yeah. but no one, literally no one had ever done it before. <laughs> it was a simple, it's a simple idea now, but. It's a simple idea, but it seems simple. It's like, well, we're so mad about all these bootlegs coming out, but we own all the recordings. Why don't we release those in nice versions and everyone will buy that that's not like a crook, you know, that doesn't have all these. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they did that. And it was, it was you know, uh, just one of those things. Like, I, I don't know what Dylan had to do with it. If it was just kind of a brilliant thing by his manager, Jeff Rosen, like he's he's often behind these kinds of good ideas uh, that, that the Dylan camp seems to have. And it just spanned his career until that point. You had some, you know, it's very heavily favored in, in, in favor of his early 60s stuff because at mm-hmm. the time he hadn't come back yet. He was in a real low point of his career. Um, sure, sure. And so, you know, people were like, oh, Dylan, you know, we got to get we got to get super nostalgic rather than rather than kind of looking forward. And plus, he was putting out a bunch of garbage at the time um, besides yeah, Omer, which for whatever reason, people don't really count in the 80s. But anyway, that happened. Um, so three discs. 
Um, I think I think I did at some point. I don't. I I would literally have to check my notes for like an hour. But I think I did a breakdown in a game with you when we did the episode about 1991 about what percentage were from the 60s. And I think it was like well over 50 percent, if not like 60 yeah, some percent. Vaguely remember that. Yeah. So anyway. Like I, I don't, I don't put this on very often, but it was just kind of a, a ground, you know, a, a foundational release mm-hmm. by the camp, and of course, mm-hmm. and of course, the music's very good. So that's my number five. Yeah, yeah. Number four is early on from nineteen ninety one. Early on, it is oh, Boy's hey. very first six singles from nineteen sixty four to nineteen sixty six before his initial first actual official first album, and well before Space Oddity when he actually anyone carried. Um, released it with the groups Davy Jones and the King Bees, the mm. Manish Boys, Davy Jones of the Lower Third, and Davy Bo- David Bowie with the Buzz, and then just straight off David Bowie. So it comes uh, it comes to these singles that were released before he even became David Bowie. You're still Davy Jones in multiple spellings. Plus, it included wow. five previously unreleased demos of songs that are on the rise have been unrecorded by Bowie ever. Pretty exciting stuff, especially in 1991. Very exciting. Is the only place, the only release ever that has all six of these singles in one spot. Like, period. It's never Boom. all six of these singles have never come together in one place since then. Wow, or that's before it. Or after. That's it. Um, it's live at Long Enough Print. It was released on. Uh, there was a vinyl edition that cut off some tracks, but it was released on CD and cassette in full. And uh, it's you know it's not cheap anymore, Jake. You would expect to drop at least. Thirty dollars to get the CD. I was hoping it's gonna be way more, and I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, well, still, still, Jake. It's, it's like, a crappy 1991 CD. Yeah, you know, no, no, cool. there's no booklet or anything. Nobody cares about that booklet. stuff at all. But the fact that it all comes together in one spot, his early years are not amazing, but fascinating. Sure, his run through R and B and mod and you know, trying to do all kinds of different stuff, and uh, just changing things up every few weeks, as far as I can tell. Do you think it's so a little interesting stuff and well worth a listen? Do you think it's a little unloved because like half of it is miming and it's just silent? It's like a miming <laughs> compilation. Well, that's the second disc. Yeah, the second disc is blank, so <laughs> that's all the miming stuff. It's other. It was released on CD video, but you can't watch it anymore. And now performing his miming <laughs> from 1964 is Davy Jones. Jones. That's all you hear. And yeah, then... the mime didn't come out till a little. He wasn't doing mime until like 67, 68 is when that all kicked off into 69. Whatever, Chaz. Don't be a nerd about it. You know, miming. Jake, this whole point of the show is for us to be a nerd about it. So don't tell me what to do. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. Um, okay, so I actually have another uh, dishonorable mention and another honorable mention. I'm just going to list them. I forgot to list them before. So I'm just going to do that now. Another dishonorable yeah. mention is uh, The Basement Tapes Raw. Uh, that is the uh, bootleg series from 2000, I want to say 15, 14. Um, and, and the only reason that I'm mentioning it is because it's an example of like, be careful what you wish for. Because the basement tapes uh, were very, very, very famous um, and very, yeah. very, very oh, yeah. bootlegged. And I heard of them. It, <clears throat> it turns out like only a fraction of the actual recordings were ever bootlegged or released um, on the on the album proper from 1975. But like this bad boy is like a nice six discs, and it's it's not it's not easy to listen to. Like you want a curated version of the basement tapes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's just a little that's a little bit dishonorable. But what I'm going to say now, and I promise you this is a nice little segue, is my number four uh, top ten uh, archival release is Bootleg Series Volume 14. More blood, more tracks. More tracks. Uh, more blood, more tracks. More blood, more tracks. The best and uh, is number one named 
it definitely really serious release. Definitely. It actually gets. You know how you get better than that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm actually starting to. I'm actually starting to turn a little bit on on it towards the towards the more positive. I think that they thought it was funny at the time. Yeah. I'm starting to think that. I might be delusional. I don't know. I'm. You know, now there's rumors going on the next bootleg series for for Dylan will be Trouble No More, based around Trouble No More. No. I'm hoping they name it Trouble Some More. Well, we already had Trouble No More, my friend. You're talking about Time Out of Mind. Time out of mind. Oh shoot! Shoot, Jazz. You're gonna have to come uh, up with a better. Into mind. I don't know. Darn it. Uh, in. Good. How about? Uh, how about? What's your name. I, I get screwed it all up. How about? Uh, oh. How about? How about? You're you're out of your time out of mind. Exclamation point. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're out of your what? That. More time. More what mind. Yes. T- time. <laughs> more time. Less mind. <laughs> Oh man, I just passed out thinking about that as the next bootleg series. So I just want you to know, I am now unconscious. I would be so so happy. Uh, speaking of how happy I was, everyone was happy when they finally did Blood on the Tracks because it has such a famous story where he recorded the entire album acoustically, handed it into Columbia. Columbia pressed a couple or the acetate or something like that, and then Dylan changed his mind and he went and recorded the other uh, a whole other half of the album, same songs, but with a full band without Columbia's permission in Minneapolis um, and just demanded, you know, he had some clout at the time, demanded that they, that they kind of change the, change it up a little bit. And both albums would be like super classics. So this is an example of, we need more. We need all of it. I want every time that he, you know, took his little acoustic guitar and tuned it to open D and started strumming and like the little buttons on his vest coat are like hitting the guitar and it's like mm-hmm. you know everyone's mm-hmm. bawling mm-hmm. in the control room like i want to hear those people crying i want every Is the audio occluded or getting hit by the lead singer's sweat yeah 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 and except like, he wasn't this is sweat but also this is so cool but like dylan was too cool to sweat at that point he wasn't sweating he was just that's some bad sweat you know when i was in the fourth row of wilco concert shut up man shut up i love wilco uh and so this is just like give me give it all give it to us give it all of us give it just give it we want it all and we got it all I think pretty much every single there's nothing left in that tank unless uh, bootleg series volume twenty three will be like three more outtakes from blood on the tracks <laughs> three more tracks three more blood <laughs> you're bleeding again more tracks for it <laughs> uh, so I I just. I sat there when I, I, I've done this a couple times in my life, you know, I'll get a, I'll get a nice cocktail or some whiskey or something like that. And I'll, I'll sit in a big cushy chair and I'll, and I'll just run through like all six CDs and read all the liner notes about every single When have you track. ever had enough time in your life to sit and listen to six CDs back to back to back to back to back? I actually, back. I actually only did that once and it was on my birthday, but I okay. plan right. on. Birthdays, that's a day to do Oh that. yeah, yes. it's a Got day. It. I said, okay. everyone, Sold. everyone get the hell Continue. out. <laughs> I'm ready for more blood more tracks. <laughs> Number three is Bowie at the Beeb from 2000. <laughs> Oh, you got to give us, give it to us. Beeb is short for BBC, because you don't have time to say all three of those syllables. Nope. You could just say Beeb Beeb. instead of BBC. Just want you guys to know that there, so you got got, a little more time in your day. Beeb. I'm just trying to, you know, it's a life hack right here. You can save more time by saying Beeb instead of BBC. Um, In a compilation of 37 tracks, recorded as part of Bowie's 12 different BBC sessions, between 1967 and 1972. That's a lot. Then after 1972, he didn't do any more until he was in Sweet Sweet Chin Machine in the late 80s, early 90s. <laughs> Great. Um, that's two discs, two CDs. Uh, of the 12 sessions he did, 10 of them are represented on this disc. 
with some tracks or another. It's a fascinating listening to him because you start like the year before Space Oddity came out and you end out in full blown Ziggy Ari. Yeah. All the tracks, to my knowledge, all the tracks were unreleased before this comic came out, but unofficially released. You know, tons of demo. They're talking about don't like, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, some editions, including the one that I own, came with a bonus third disc featuring a live show recorded in 2000. Wow. Which did not get another release of any kind until late last year, November 2021, in the Brilliant Adventures box set. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant yeah. Adventures. And sweet. It's all, it's all good stuff. It's just, mm. Yep. <laughs> you see more of like, how he's traveling, how he's going forward as a performer. You see a lot of stuff going on. They're just different versions. It's it's great. It's just great, Jake. Mm-hmm. All I have to say, it's just great. Okay, it's great. That's all. That's I'm feeling all. great about it right now. Are you feeling great about how great it is? I'm feeling really great. Super great, in fact. More great? More great! <laughs> <laughs> More great. More beep. More beep? Oh, you weren't you weren't gonna you weren't gonna grace us with some of your BBC announcer uh, uh, oh, impressions. Oh, do I need to do some peel? Yeah, do a little peel. Do a peel. <laughs> Next up, we have uh, David Bowie. This is uh, a very it's a very tasty track. Very tasty track <laughs> by the name of uh, Bowie at the Beeb. <laughs> the Beeb. <laughs> mm. Bowie at the Beeb. <laughs> I don't feel like we have a very good John Peel at the time, but you know. That's okay. I'll bring it back later on. I, I, sprung, I sprung it on you a little bit. I know. I know you like that one, Jake. I, I love it. Know. I love yeah. it. I can't get enough. Um, I so think... the few compliments you've ever given me is on that voice. If not the only one. <laughs> but, I mean, that compliment lasts a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> sure does. Sure does. <laughs> uh, I know you fall asleep at night and you're like, Jake complimented Ooh. my impression of that. Jake likes my chunky voice. Chunky. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Oh, it just makes me think of Liverpool. I just get into the Beatles whenever I do that. Yeah, um, Joe Beatles not living from Liverpool. I know, but for some reason, <laughs> I know, and it, you don't sound like you're from Liverpool when you do it. But whenever, whenever I very hear tasty. you do it, very tasty, very tasty, it's very tasty. I just, <laughs> I just do that. Just slips, just devolves down. Into yeah, Liverpool accent. I'll tell you, everybody at my house loves it when I just start talking like the Beatles around the house. They love it. <laughs> It's great stuff. It really kills. Uh, I'm killing. Three, Jake. We are getting long in the Yeah, no, that's great. I love it. I, I love it. Finished, I know there's two drinks during this show. Oh, I haven't had any so. drinks. I've had some coffee. Maybe that's why I can actually talk. Okay, number three uh, is the Bootleg Series, Volume Four, the Royal. The oh, hold on, you got to do air quotes. The extreme. Okay, the right now. The ex- just make them like with your little fingers. Boop, 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 yeah, boop, I'm doing it. I'm the doing it, Royal Albert Hall concert. Uh, this is one of the most famous, uh, previously one of the most famous bootlegs in all of rock and roll. This supposedly was the Dylan concert uh, that was recorded at the Royal Albert Hall, um, which he did play a show there. But this, the famous yeah. bootleg, was from uh, was from a Manchester show. But it is the one uh, one of your favorite things to do that that Anna Cantor, uh, number one cousin, mentioned, which is that uh, someone screamed Judas at him when he came out. Um, and the reason that I love this most of all, um, well, there's a lot of reasons I love it, but one is that it followed, it's the first one to follow the Bootleg Series Volumes 1 through 3. So I think there was a lot of anticipation. It took seven years for them to have another series. And I think they took that time to really think, like, what could this series, this Bootleg Series, be about? Like, what can we make this? And they came up with, you know, possibly the most famous concert that he's ever recorded. And it's just a, it's a perfect two disc set a perfect story to tell you got disc one is him just killing with his acoustic stuff 
because mm-hmm. these shows, as we discussed, killing, killing like a Dylan. Yeah, he was killing like Dylan. Uh, great versions of, of all these acoustic songs. Um, and then he took a set break, and everyone shuffled around in their seat because they knew what was coming. I guess they were there to boo him, but only during the second half of the set. He brought out the band. Right, who, you gotta get ready for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he brought just come up, stop your head. You gotta be prepared. You gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta practice that. You know, probably having probably having a few cups of suds. I would imagine. You know, some pops. You know, pull some tomatoes out of your bag. Yeah, yeah. First, oh, you know, yeah. whenever you got with you at the time, have yeah. tomatoes right in there. You know. Yep. Try not to be disappointed if they weren't, you know, overripe. They were just ripe. You know, really mm-hmm. want them to explode. Mm-hmm. Uh, overripe is best for tossing, but you know, not too overripe because otherwise they'll kind of explode your hand or your purse. Oh, and then like and then you got egg on your face, like literally. <laughs> And um, eggs are the next part after the tomatoes. So, you know, yeah, it's you all same situation. You got to get those in some kind of safe container. You yeah. Know? And they really you don't want those break inside your bag. No they, they really stink because they're like rotten. It's gross. Mm-hmm. But you got to do it. And what you if you spill to. on your tape recorder, you got hidden underneath your shirt. You know, what are you going to do that? Well, you have a trench coat for that. Well, yeah. I mean, you look like obviously. a you look like a bodybuilder from the 80s, even though it's the 60s. <laughs> and don't look suspicious at all. No, just Not like all. The kids just <laughs> under there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you You're making fun of me for the size of my car? What if I made fun of you? Uh, so anyway, this your whole the, this whole thing is uh, you know kind of like the set break between between this concert. So then he comes out with the band who weren't called the band yet, and he just rips into some just incredible, towering, majestic rock and roll mm. that everyone somehow hates, mm. even though it's awesome. Um, and so it's it's a perfect story. It's got the booklet in there. You know about everything. It explains. It explains everything. And um, you know, this is another one of those things. Like you, I appreciate the 1966 live recordings box set, which did gain a dishonorable mention from me. But sometimes you just want like you just want the one. You, you just want the best. You want the best. You want the. You don't best want story. the rest. You want the best. You don't want to wet the bed. So much to ask. You want the best. And this is the best. And so that's my number three. You can put it on and enjoy yourself any old time. Mine's practically the killer, worn out. Not the filler, Jake. That's yeah, I want saying. all killer. And this is the killerist of the killinist. You know what I mean? All right. Okay. Number two is a surprise pick, Jake. But Whoa. I will explain myself. I'm surprised. Loving the Alien. Whoa. 2018 love- box set. Now, we talked. I talked briefly already about the Aero box set. It's done five letters. It's done five months so far. She picked like an air. It started the first one was 1969 to 1973. Um, and they released all the, all the albums for the period, all the studio albums, all the live albums oh, for yeah. the period. Oh, yeah. A bunch of bonus tracks, all kinds of stuff. They released nice. really super deluxe, nice packaging. I bought a CD editions, and the CDs are gold. Gold. Gold CDs. Packaging. Amazing. Um, but I mentioned this in Dishonorable Mention. Who Can I Be Now is one of the Dishonorable Mentions because uh, there's some like restraints to this format. There's a lot of repeated material in general, and sometimes it make a lot of sense. There's a big booklet in there, too, which is nice, too. Okay. But Loving the Alien, in spite of the fact that it has the worst material out of all of them because it covers wow. the years 1983 to 1987, so it covers, you know, Let's Dance and then two of his very worst albums ever. In spite of that... Mm-hmm. This box set found the perfect like way to present this material. It's the best possible presentation of subpar material is what I wrote down. Wow. So you got the three easy to find albums from the period, but they're in you know in this like really nice packaging and everything. Are they remastered? They're remastered and stuff. They're remastered. They're remastered. Remastered. Oh yes. Yep. Yep. Great. There's two live shows in there. One which was only previously released as a bonus disc on a certain edition of a DVD. So it's like weird, you know. A lot of people only have this one. I didn't. 
Okay. And ones that had never been released in audio-only format, it only releases a video. So this is like two, you know, pretty good-looking live albums right there. Um, there's a whole bunch of non-album singles, including such nice stuff as the Labyrinth soundtrack, which is not nice, but that's okay. Absolute Beginners, which is nice. This is not America. When the Wind Blows is a great dance in the street, which is terrible, but was released by Bowie. <laughs> there's a compilation of the best remixes. The best is in quotation marks because they're all pretty bad, but it gives you a taste of the period without giving you all of the terrible remixes from the period because 80s remixes... They don't get much worse than that, Jake. They don't get much worse than that. I think, I think, I think you're right. Yeah, and most notably, they took Bowie's pretty, uh, usually considered his worst album. I consider his worst album, Never Let Me Down. Oh, he let you down. And they remade it. They took his vocals from the original and what? Like, redid the background music <laughs> and kept some things in. And oh, yeah, that's right. Out. I remember that. I would say like six out of the ten tracks become palatable. They, become, <laughs> they go yeah. from unlistenable to palatable. The second half of the LP is still not worth your time. But the still first rough. half is like, hey, I, I, I kind of like this. You're not like, I love this. But you're like, I kind of like this. Hey, it's pretty good. Hey, hey, everybody. You look, you say, hey. to, you say to no one, hey, everybody, I kind of like this. Hey, I kind of like this. <laughs> um, so that's why, in spite of the content being the worst, it's the best of the boxes because there's just nothing, there's almost nothing superfluous. Almost nothing. There's still plenty of, you know, like, single edits and stuff but well, other I mean, you, than gotta, that, you gotta have those you feel like hey this is a good those. package of this not very good period and I will buy it in spite of the giant belt buckle that Bowie is sporting on the cover uh, well you should have got a copy of the belt buckle in the box set that, that would have been awesome swag <laughs> that would have worth an extra $150 easy uh, it's signed by David Bowie himself signed by David Bowie <laughs> a couple years after he died etched in gold <laughs> all right hey, all right number Come two we're get we're getting here we're getting there uh number two is the bootleg series volume eight from 2008 it's called telltale signs colon rare and unreleased 1989 through 2006 now i just i want to get mm. i want to get why maybe this isn't number one well it there could only be number one um that i have and you'll see why in a second but this could have been even more esteemed in my in my uh, in my mind, except those years are they're very weird. Nineteen eighty nine through two thousand six, so it's a wide range. It's a wide range, and the last part of that is barely covered at all. So why why do that? Like you'll you'll notice the time out of mind came out in nineteen ninety seven. Um, yeah, there's there's a couple. Great, you know, that was a good uh, comeback album. Yeah, and you know, bootleg series seventeenth comeback album. Bootleg series, bootleg series choice material. Like, why would you? There's a couple. Oh, yeah. of, there's a couple of them on there. I mean, obviously, they can always go back. I just, I just didn't like it. Like, if you're if you're nitpicking at something, uh, you know, uh, why why I, why do that? Like, why why not do nineteen eighty nine until right before. Uh, time out of mind or something because why i love it so much is that it's you know choice number one example of redeeming a period of music like there's no there's no way to uh to tell you how bad that period from 1989 up till time out of mind in 1997 was for dylan it was just it was just horrible Um, he was really like he you know he had that 30th anniversary concert in 93 that he didn't even want to attend because he was so bummed out like he he wanted to join. He wanted to join the Grateful Dead. He wanted to quit music. Like he had no inspiration. He would. He even stopped pumping out songs for no reason. Like he stopped writing songs. Oh, man. Um, so he was doing cover albums okay. at the it's time, right. which was cool and kind of brought him back a little bit. But it's like, this guy's dead. It's hard to imagine now because that was literally you know, 
35 years ago. But like this guy, right. this guy's never die now, clearly. Well, so. now he's not going to die and his career's not going to die either. Like he completely redeemed himself. However, the outtakes and stuff from this period, especially those early 90s ones, are they're amazing. <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> uh, it completely redeems songs that were complete garbage on the on the albums. Like unlistenable songs become like amazing songs. Um, and it's his fault, you know. He did all that stuff to himself. Oh, yeah. But I, I'm just glad to have this document that that uh, that that brings it all back home. So I'm 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 very appreciative of the Bootleg Series Volume Eight. All right. Sorry, I thought there was a little more. Oh wait, wait, wait. Uh, never to see any other one. Never to see any <laughs> other one. <laughs> Number one top archival released from David Frickin' Bowie. Number one. Conversation piece from 2019. Oh, good one. This baby is a super deluxe edition of the 1969 Space Oddity album, originally self titled, like his first album, which is super confusing. Yep. Released for the 50th anniversary of Space Oddity, the album. Um, it's not, a, I, said, I said that the station stage was the only official super deluxe because this one's called Conversation Piece, not Space Oddity Super Deluxe for some reason. Uh, it's five CD set. Covered in a presented in a hundred and twenty page hardcover book with heavyweight paper and slipcase. Oh, I love it! I saw this one at your house too. I it's great. Chef's kiss, chef's kiss to that thing. Oh, chef kiss is all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it has seventy five tracks. Thirty four of those tracks were never released before twenty nineteen. Seventeen more were different mixes never released before twenty nineteen. Now the, uh, the different part of the story is that you'll recall from my dishonorable mention, not just the actual more stuff. Was all those uh, spongy keyhole and yeah sessions and mercury demos and blah blah blah. Uh, that stuff all ended up on this gun conversation piece. It was released in stupid formats before and then in a good format later on. Yep. So these yep. tracks, most, most of them were previously released, but it was really the same year on a stupid format that a lot of people might be included in by. As a thoughtful presentation, feels truly comprehensive. Feels like it's the last one on this album. Like mm. there's just nothing more to say. Like this is it. Great. Done. Great. Deluxe in every sense. It's both tasteful and tasty. <laughs> a rare combo. A rare combo. <laughs> and I'm still so sad that I desperately want one of these every Bowie album up for Scary Monsters. Yeah, why not? I could be, give me that. I could just I could possibly just stop buying Bowie stuff forever after that. Yeah. Actually, I won't both. Listen to that thing I just said just there. I'll still keep buying whatever crap you pump out. Don't worry. Just keep doing these also, and I'll still buy the other stuff. I swear. But, Jake, they've already screwed it up. Oh, they <laughs> screwed it up? Magnificent volume. They already screwed up The Man Who Sold the World. This is his next album afterwards, which they released as a, like, two-disc oh, DVD-sized no. book. Not the same size book at all. Oh. But also separate remix album and, like... You need, like, four different things to get the full experience of that. It's not as good. And they still have not released anything deluxe for Hunky Dory or Ziggy Stardust, both of which had passed their 50th anniversary. No, I I, hadn't, I haven't heard this before, you know, that, that this... Yeah, I would well, like to share that. Let's talk about that for the next 45 minutes or so. Yeah, I'll... Yeah, I, I'm not ready for that. I wanted to have one regret on conversation because has to mention is that Bowie did a TV special in early 1969 called Love You Till Tuesday. Okay. And that puppy should have been on a DVD. In the Put it on there. Saying. Put Just it saying. in there. Blu-ray that. Blu-ray it. I don't care if it's Blu-ray. It could have been a DVD Blu-ray. It doesn't matter. It probably wasn't good enough quality. Or like that or something. Yeah, they can clean it up. It'll look great. But this baby is just... Mm. 
Oh. Mm, I read oh. the book, I don't know how many times. I just like listen to the music as it go along, get all these liner notes from different individual songs, especially the tracks. So I don't know how many tracks are on our song right now. How many songs are previously, like songs are previously on release? Not just recordings, songs. Like, a bunch of songs that no one ever heard before. Songs, straight out, up. Including, some, including several that never even made the bootlegs, Jake. Oh. Never even made the bootlegs. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Including a song called Jerusalem, which is the most clearest that Bowie ever inked Dylan ever. I know I've sent you that song because yes. it's just. It's straight up. Yeah, it almost sounds like a parody. It's like a yeah. Walk Hurt style parody. <laughs> Good, but <Almost>. parodic. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is, Jake. Come yeah. some peace. I want more of them, Parlophone. I know you're listening. Come on, Parlophone. Deliver. You missed, you missed out on Mass of the World. You could still redeem yourself with Hunky Dory and Ziggy Stardust. Absolutely. And if they all late and didn't make the 50th anniversaries so chaz what you're describing right there your whole experience everything you just said mm-hmm. that's what a bootleg mm-hmm. series that's what a bootleg series is for dylan you know the good i know ones. i know you know I so know, what's so hard about this why can't they do that i'm not asking you so that you can rant about know. it i'm just i'm just i'm just throwing know. it up there i, I feel badly for I you i honestly think i honestly think that their intention and this is not even a joke even though it's ridiculous i just think that they're trying their release strategy has to do with bowie himself being so unexpected yeah. They're trying to make the release strategy unexpected. So you never know what's going to happen. That's interesting. Like, I honestly think that because I can't figure out any other logic to whatever the hell is going on here. They're trying to they're trying to carry on that legacy of you know chaos a little bit. Unexpected. But but whenever Bowie but whenever Bowie would change his character at least for a while, like it came off well. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so but they're not they're not Bowie, Jake. No, they're not. Well, that's for darn sure they're not. (laughs) That's for darn sure. All right, so number one for me, it could only be one. You know what's coming. It's the Bootleg Series Volume 12 from 2015. The the cutting edge. Slice! Cutting edge! The cutting edge. 1965 to 1966. Just hearing those years associated with Bob Dylan is like, yes, this is going to be good. And guess what? It totally is. Um, it is, is that the one that has an entire disc of different versions of like Rolling Stone? That's right. It has the stems on it. It has uh, it has every version, including his early piano version. Uh, he did not include all like eighteen verses that he was originally going to sing, uh, which is too bad. <laughs> too bad. That was his original. Shame. That was his original thing. It was going to be like twelve minutes long. Um, it's outtakes from the albums "Bringing It All Back Home," "Highway 61 Revisited," and "Blonde on Blonde." Three of his yeah. three of his ten mm. best albums, you know, two of his top five. So albums good that I own four. two of them. Absolutely, uh, it does have the disc with like a Rolling Stone on it, but surrounding that is like a bunch of versions of all your favorite Dylan songs from that from that. Uh, mm-hmm. So you just you get them from the ground floor. You get different like you get different tempos. You get different styles. You get like. Uh, you get slow and kind of uh, acoustic songs that they tried out as like raging rock songs, um, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's incredible. It's everything you would want it to be. It's got uh, oh, I will mention you know just in opposition of your of your poor your poor experience with with Bowie uh, releases of this kind. All of the bootleg mm-hmm. series Super Deluxe editions are the exact same size, baby. Oh, you just line them up. You're killing me. You here. line them up and you just you just stare at them. And you're like, oh, that looks great on the shelf. Oh. You just line up on the shelf and you're like, mm. oh yeah. You just you're run. Not, you yeah, run just your, like, mm, yeah, that. You run your fingers nice. over it, and even the ones that are just two discers that are in the the jewel case, like, yeah. Um, I mean, except for 1961 through 1991, that's in one of those ridiculous huge jewel cases. 
but those are cases. those all look exactly the same. You know, they just they line up yeah. there. You can see the yeah. the spine of the booklet and everything. Uh, so good, so good. Uh, my only <laughs> my only regret with this entire thing is that they at the time uh, Columbia Legacy whatever not Parlophone released <laughs> an eighteen disc super super deluxe edition of this that had every note. And banter and chatter in every song that was played during this time. Okay. 18 discs. At the time, it was $600. Now, oh, uh, sharp, sharpier listeners will know that that's way more than, uh, you know, that I'm willing to spend on any one single release. But I almost, yeah. I, I, I regret a little bit not doing it. Because I think mm. it would have been so, 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 so cool. And now if you go on Discogs to find this thing, that one is a couple thousand bucks now. Yeah, yeah. It was very limited edition, but oh man, I, I just to see one, I think, like in a in a record shop or something, would be would be cool. I'm yeah. I'm jealous. I'm very jealous. I should have yeah. ta- I should have taken yeah. out a loan or something. What's wrong with me? I don't know. You should have sold one of your kidneys. You know, just go for it. Yeah, or like a really I mean, high. You got two. You got two for a reason, Jake. You know, or you head, can sell one of them. Head down to the loan shark and just make a deal. Strike a deal. Just make, make figure something out. You Come know? on. Well, you hawk all your other your Bob Dylan box sets, and you probably get a hold of that one. I, mean, I can't do saying. that. I can't do. I can't do that. That's not happening. But a kidney, absolutely. <laughs> Sign me up. Well, hey, there we are, Jake. We made wow. it to the end of another pulse pounding <laughs> episode of Boy vs. Dylan. That's almost it's not going to any tangents. It's not outstanding. <laughs> Welcome. Even for one minute. No way. It's totally I worth enjoyed it. Myself. It's totally I'm sure worth you did it as well. I enjoyed the last hour and 45 minutes very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, for all those listeners at home, we'll probably be back in about six months to a 2022 episode. Maybe we'll think of another one for them. Yeah, maybe. Not. Let's be honest with ourselves. Oh, I like but doing this. I'm looking forward to like doing it. an episode about 2022 when we get in depth talking about those Hunky Dory and Ziggy Stardust box sets that are still, still to come later this same year. And the uh, the Time Out of Mind uh, bootleg series. The Time Out of Mind box set that's, you know, clearly also going to come. It's happening. Yeah, oh, for sure. We've decided, so. There, yeah. there it goes. Makes it official. Absolutely. Okay. All right. <sighs> hey, I'm Charlie, and I like Bowie. I'm Jake, and I love Dylan. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>